I'm Mike Wetzel and welcome to Together Church. Today I want to talk to you for a little while about faith that overcomes. In 1 John uh, chapter 5 verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, you, you have already overcome the world. And how you did that is through our faith. So our faith that believes in God is what gives us the power to overcome the world. You know, no matter how powerful or how strong your opponent is, no matter what tricks they pull, no matter what the advantages over you may seem to be, you are the winner. I don't know what battles you're facing now, but no matter what you, you are or what you're facing in the future, the answer is always the same. Faith equals victory. You know, faith is not the outcome. Faith is the income. Victory is not external. Victory is internal. The world describes victory as what's going on around them. But they determine victory by the absence of external conflict. But God determines victory by what's going on inside of us. This is the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Victory, first of all, is an attitude. The attitude of faith. You know, we need to get an attitude as Christians today. An attitude of faith to take a stand in what we believe. That, that use our faith to believe and to take a stand in this world today. You know, attitude from the dictionary means, number one, a position assumed for a, spe a specific purpose. Number two, a mental position with regard to a fact or state. You know, when... When God's word gets in us, it produces an attitude. We take a stand. Physically, we take a stand. And spiritually, we take a stand. We need to get an attitude as, as Christians today to take back what Satan has tried to steal from us, our families, our schools, and you know, our neighborhoods. You know, there are some words that will produce an attitude. I want to, I want to give you some of these words today. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, you think, well, how can you be more than a conqueror? A conqueror conquers. But how are you more? I got an example of that today. It was a heavyweight boxer. He went into a 12-round match with a, with a real strong opponent. He fought, and he fought hard during the whole fight. He took some punches. He bloodied his nose, his lip was busted, he had black eyes, but he just kept fighting, he didn't, he didn't quit, and finally, in the last round, he knocked his opponent out and won the match. So he became the conqueror. So he, you know, they were all celebrating in the uh, mat up there, and then the, his wife came up, gave him a hug, and then they came in to bring him the check that he, for the winnings that he won for fighting that fight. And, and, and they reached and grabbed, uh, handed the check. As they were handing the check to him, his wife reached over and grabbed the check. That made her more than a conqueror. She was more than a conqueror because he did all the fighting and she won and got the check. She cashed the check. You see, that's the same thing that happened. Jesus Christ came here and he conquered Satan. He conquered death. And we're getting to cash the check. So we are more than conquerors today for what Jesus did for us. I want to go to 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God 
and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. That one that is in us, the Holy Spirit that is within us today, is stronger in, in, than anything in this whole world. It, it's, the, it's the very thing that brought Jesus back from the dead. We have that living in us, the Holy Spirit. We have the power to overcome through our faith, the belief. In Philippians 4.13, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In Isaiah 54.17, no weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Look, when you begin to take a stand for God, you can understand this. Satan is going to try to form a, a, a weapon to come against you. He's going to come against you every way he can. He, don't, he doesn't want you to take a stand. He wants you to cower down, sit back, and not do anything and let him just do what he wants to do. But we need to take a stand to believe that God is real and to have the faith to believe that we are overcomers. And Satan, he, even though he forges a a weapon against us, the Bible says it will not prevail. Also, there are going to be people that when you take your stand for God, there are going to be people that doesn't like it, believe it or not. You think, I'm working for God, I'm doing this, I'm taking a stand, everybody's going to back me, and you know that's just not simply not the truth. There are going to be people out there that's going to come against you that's going to falsely accuse you. They're going to do try to stop your momentum in your life. And the, the sad thing about it is a lot of them will be your so-called friends or family, and that's the ones that hurts the worst. But know this, every accusation that comes against you, you don't have to worry about vindicating yourself. You don't have to worry about defending yourself because the Bible says here that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. God will vindicate you. You stand strong for God. You stand strong in your principles. You stand strong in the faith so we can overcome and you can overcome. You do that and God has got your back. God's going to take care of you. God's going to destroy the weapons that's forged against you. God's going to vindicate you when people try to come against you. And you can understand Satan does not like Christians that take a stand. Satan wants us to sit back in our pews and our chairs at the house and do nothing for him. But it's time that we stand up and stand strong for God. Victory begins with a decision. The decision to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 1 John 5, 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That is how we overcome, through our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, victory is a discipline. We must discipline ourselves to believe the word regardless of the circumstances. Victory demands determination. Victory is not a one-time experience. Victory is perseverance. Victory stands at the door and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks until the answer is given. Victory hears the criticism, but it keeps on anyway. It doesn't matter what people say. It matters what God says. Victory is not a life without problems. Victory is a life that faces problems 
with a promise and clings to that promise until the problem is defeated. Victory is believing in what we haven't seen yet. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let's go to 2 Samuel 23, 8-12. This, this uh, section of scripture is about three of David's mighty men, men that took a stand in, in spite of everything and how God brought victory through their willingness to stand. Let's start at verse 8, Chuck. These are the names of David's mighty men. Joshua Basabeth, uh, Takamoniat, was the chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Marvel Comics can't even come up with a character that great. You know, he, he stood his ground and he raised his spear and he killed 800 men with a spear. Just imagine that. Just think of the faith that it took in his life to believe that God was going to use him with that spear to make that difference. So he killed 800 people in one encounter with a spear. Next to him was Eleazar, the son of Dodai the Ahohite. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines. David's good at taunting people. They would taunt the Philistines and gathered at past uh, Damon for battle. Then, listen, they, they were taunting the Philistines and all of a sudden the Philistines got riled up and mad, so they decided they would come to war with them. So they were here. They, here comes the Philistines ready for battle. And then it says, the men of Israel retreated. But he stood his ground. Eleazar stood his ground. While everybody around him left, it's, they left him right by himself to, to fight the enemy. And that's where you're going to be sometimes. You need to understand this. We're not always going to be around everybody else to help. We're not going to always have a, a pastor there or friends there or family. There are going to be times in your life when it's you against the enemy. So we need to have faith to overcome, to believe that no matter what it looks like, we can overcome and have victory. It said he stood his ground and he struck down the Philistines until his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. He fought that long till his hand froze to the sword. He didn't give up. He just fought until as long as he could possibly fight. And then it said, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And then the troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. They came after the fight was over with. Isn't that the way it is a lot of times? The, he stood because that he stood his ground and he fought as hard as he could fight. God saw that in him. He saw his faith. He saw his willingness to step out there and go for it. And when he did, God brought the victory. But all it took was one man. All it takes a lot of times, guys, is one person to be willing to stand up and fight and stand our ground, not give in to what all everything that's going on this, uh, in this world, but to stand believing in God and stand our ground for our beliefs. And what God's called us to do for the word of God. He stood his ground and God brought a great victory. And then the troops came back after he stood his ground and God helped him win the war. And then they come back for the spoils of the war. That's the way it goes. That's, that's just human, human nature for us. 
You're not always going to have, during the good times when the spoils are to be had, everybody will be there, you know. You'll have friends, you'll have people patting you on the back, but when it's time to fight, when it look, things look bad, things don't look like they're going to go your way, everybody disappears. Everybody but God. God's always there. And through our faith to believe in him, God can bring about a great victory. See, God brought that victory. But he brought, he brought it about after a man stood his ground. Then we go to uh, verse 11. It says, Next to him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel troop, Israel's troops fled from them. Here we go again. The same thing happens. Israel, Israel sees the Philistines. They had banded together and they were coming against them. So what happens? Everybody leaves except for one man. It says, but Shammah stood, took his stand. He stood his ground. In the middle of the field, he defended it and struck the Philistines down. And here's what happened. The Lord brought about a great victory. You see, with these three men that we're talking about here, they stood their ground in the midst of great turmoil and in the midst when everybody else wanted to run because they thought there was no way to win. These men stood their ground for God. They had the faith to believe that they were going to overcome, and they did. And because of their faith to believe in, in what they did, God brought about the victory, and he wants to do that in your life today. Listen, I don't know what's going on. You may have trouble in your family or whatever, but if you'll stand your ground today, God will intervene. He'll intervene. There'll be a great victory in your life. You'll see it happen because that's the way God works. These men took a stand, and the Lord brought a great victory. You know, victory is not based upon people. Sometimes people actually stand in the way of victory, and this is the case of Jairus's. Uh, daughter in Mark chapter 5 verse 39 through 42 and he went in and, and, and said to them why all this commotion and wailing the child is not dead but they left to him see Jairus daughter has been sick and they called Jesus to come and to heal her and on his way to Jairus's house he was stopped two or three times and he prayed for people and healed people on the way. So as by the time he got to their house, she was dead. And they had all these people there. Uh, there was a commotion, a loud noise and weeping and wailing filled the air. You know, and such cries there were customary at a person's death because lack of wailing and weeping was the ultimate disgrace and disrespect. Some people, usually women, actually made a profession out of mourning. They, they got paid to mourn uh, and were paid by the dead person's family to weep over the body. Jairus was a leader of the synagogue and he was a very important person in town. Thus, at the death of his only daughter, the town demonstrated their love for him by weeping and wailing at the house. So when Jesus came up, he saw these people weeping and wailing and they weren't doing that because they cared about the girl. They were doing that either because they were getting paid or they was hoping Jairus would see them and maybe they would get something out of it. So they were not believers. Jesus got those people out of the way. He cast them out of the room. He said, I want everybody out of here except for the parents and my three disciples that was with me. 
See, and that's what we have to do. We need to get all, everything that doesn't draw us towards Christ, that doesn't help us be overcomers, we need to get them out of the way. Our close circle of friends and we need to be somebody that's going to draw us closer to Christ. It's going to help our faith. We, we can't, and I know we, we have to be in this world and we should go out into the world and make disciples, but there, when we have a close, the close circle of friends in our life, they need to be people that are believers, people that have faith to believe, to help us, to pray for us. And so that's what Jesus did. He kept those few that he knew he could count on to pray. And in Mark 5, 40 and 41, it says, After he put them all out, he got rid of all the distractions, he got rid of the unbelief, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. You know, there's an old saying that says, there's strength in numbers. And that's true to a certain extent. If the numbers are numbers of faith, people of faith, yes. If they're anointing, they're believers, yes, it is. The more you get together, the better it is. But listen. God does not recognize numbers alone. He recognizes faith. Faith to believe. Faith to overcome. Victory is not ever going through a trial. Victory is going through a trial. First Peter says this, 1-7. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Listen, victory is going through a trial knowing that that trial is working for you. When we go through trials in our life, that's when our faith grows, our faith is stronger because we see God as we go through that trial. We see what God is doing. We see that he's, that he's making a way where there is no way. We know that he's working miracles in our life and he's, he's opening doors that we thought would never be opened. Because if you're in the middle of a trial, know this. It's not where you're going to stay. You're going to go through that trial. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Those things that we're going through is just getting us stronger and stronger and stronger. So we, we don't need to give up. We need to take our stand. Even if we're the only one, we need to take our stand and watch God bringing a great victory. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I don't care what you're facing today. Faith has never lost a battle. Faith is winning. Faith wins. Victory is at hand. In Psalm 23 and 4, David says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death in this life. All of us are. We're going to be in times where it just seems like there's no end to it. It seems like it just, we're lost. It's a, 
it's just no way out. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says, though I walk through the valley, if you keep walking today, it may be hard to take one step, then take another step, then, then take another step, but you got to keep walking. If you keep walking, I promise you God will see you through that valley of the shadow of death. And you don't have to fear evil. You don't have to fear what's going on. You can go to sleep tonight and sleep like a baby, knowing that God is on your side. And no matter what happens, the worst that can happen in your life, you wake up in heaven. That's the worst thing that could happen to you on this, planet, on this earth, is that you die and go to heaven. But God says, I've got plans for you. And he also gives us strength. Luke 10 and 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Listen, today, if you stand your ground for God, you have faith that overcomes. God will be with you. He'll take care of you. He, we, he'll, with that authority that we have, we can use in the name of Jesus Christ. And look, God's looking for somebody to take a stand. I'm closing right now. God is looking for someone to take a stand. All it takes is one person to take a stand for their family, take a stand for their church, take a stand for their school, their neighborhoods, take a stand for the people that you interact with. Listen, let's take a stand for God. God's looking for someone to take a stand. Let that someone be you. Let's go to prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for each one person that is watching this today. And I ask, God, that you would give us, God, just a, the strength in our minds and our souls and our spirits to know that we, if we believe in you, that we have the faith to overcome. If we'll take our stand and we'll do what we can do, God, we know that you'll bring about a great and mighty victory in our lives. Lord, I just bless the people today, God. I ask God for your Holy Spirit to work in our lives, God. Let us be the ones that take a stand to make a change. And we thank you for it, Lord. Amen.